You're listening to Renegade Talk Radio. You're watching The American Journal with your host, Kristan Harris. I don't want to... It is November 7th, and you're listening to the American Journal. I'm your host, Kristan T. Harris, and we have a great broadcast for you guys today. Make sure you guys don't go anywhere. Today's broadcast, we're going to have some guests joining us in the first hour and second hour. In the first hour, we have Don Vi Jr. He'll be breaking down the propaganda between Israel and Palestine. As well, in the second hour, we have top astronomer and a person who worked on top secret government projects, Mark D'Antonio, joining us to talk about the UAP and UFO phenomenon. And in the third hour, we're going to take your calls. So you're not going to want to go anywhere on today's broadcast. Make sure you are here for everything. If you guys were tuning in yesterday, you would have uh, you would have heard Alex Jones and Rob Dew break down the Nashville shooter. Some interesting revelations there as the manif- manifesto was released to the public. And I wanted to bring up some interesting points here uh, because the world is changing that we live in. In the 1990s, there was an individual named William Cooper who wrote in his book, Behold a Pale Horse, about basically how the government, through a project called Orion, was creating a desire in people to basically create mass shootings, to create an anti-gun lobby. But the truth is, they don't need the government really to do that in military operations anymore. The education system is now creating activists. It's wild how the world has changed and how some things are considered hate crimes and others are not. And the political agenda has gotten quite extreme. So my question is going to be to you guys today. Where are you guys in the information war? A lot of the individuals who started this war with us many years ago are no longer with us. The government has censored us almost seven or eight years ago when the fake news list came out, right? Remember that? The Russian collusion list. We were on that list, the rundownlive.com. That's my show. If you guys don't know who I am, Kristan T. Ayers. I was a key witness in the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. I'm a key protest reporter, and I cover a lot of different subjects. And today is going to be no different. We're going to give you a rundown of information that you won't hear anywhere else on the American Journal. So hang in there. So I want to start out by saying that we need to support this broadcast by doing so and going to the InfoWars store. Pick up some Brain Force. It's 60% off. You can't beat that. I take Brain Force quite often. It really helps get me going, along with my morning coffee, which you can also pick up at the InfoWars store. Listen, we can't do this broadcast without you guys. And let's be honest, censorship is ramped up. The, the, the ability to reach people on social media is not there anymore. And we need to rely on email, your word of mouth, and everything else that is out there. I'm still in the game 15 years later. And my question to you, the listener, are you still in the game? Are you still fighting for liberty and freedom? Where are you right now in your day-to-day walk? Every day, you should be tuning into this broadcast to be programmed, to be fed information, to plant seeds in the fertile garden of your mind. 
When we come back from our commercial break, we're going to be diving in to the future of warfare, the misinformation that is going on around the world, just like the Ukraine-Russia debacle and World War III propaganda. What is the fake news that's being disseminated both by our government? Who has the power and the money to gain? And what is all sides of the narrative? We're going to have an in-depth talk and in-depth look with Don Vi Jr. of the Free Thought Project and also co-host of the Rundown Live. So don't go anywhere. When we come back, we're going to talk briefly about where you are in this battle before Don joins us. So don't go anywhere. We'll see you guys in just a few. Listening to the American Journal with your host, Kristan Harris. You're listening to the American Journal. I'm your host, Kristan T. Harris, host of the Rundown Live, Milwaukee's independent news and talk radio. I'm filling in for the man, the myth, the legend, Harrison Smith, who has been busy filling in for Owen Troyer. And it's a blessing to be here today, guys. I want to mention that today we need to ask ourselves and look in the mirror, where are we in this battle against tyranny? What are you doing to implement change? And what kind of information are you getting? And where are you getting your information from? Matthew 24, 6 states, and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Is that does that not explain the time we live in? We have the Ukraine-Russia debacle. We got Israel and Palestine. We have China and Taiwan. It seems like there's a crazy narrative being developed. Who are the kingmakers? Aren't all wars banker wars? Who has the power to gain? And who has the financial benefit of these systems and the future that we're looking at? Here in America, how does the foreign policy that we involve ourselves in impact the election? We got a big election coming up. A lot of people out there are trying to decide which way they lean, what is real and what is not real between the two-party system, which quite often is funded by the same multinational corporatists. You have the World Economic Forum, who's propagandizing people, it's time to eat the bugs. And then it seems like we have every distraction in the world pulling us away, dividing us every way. The education system, dividing parents against children, boys against girls. The system itself, husband against wives, ethnicities against each other. But in reality, it doesn't matter which government is out there. It's the people that lose in war. Doesn't matter what system you look at across the world. Just about nobody is happy with government. Ask yourself, why is it that no matter who you talk to, no matter what 
place on this planet. They live. They're not happy with their government. And who's pulling the strings? When we break down this next segment coming up with Don By Jr., what's happening with Israel and Palestine, we're going to look at the propaganda that's been disseminated. Do you remember Ukraine was Snake Island? Or that Miss Ukraine was fighting at the front lines and those were fake pictures? Or Zelensky was fighting at the front lines? That was fake information? It seems like there's a battle for social engineering, for votes, for information, and the garden of your mind. Are you planting GMO seeds in the garden of your mind? And growing contaminated information and spreading misinformation? Or are you rooting out the weeds of logical fallacies and cognitive dissonance? This world is getting more and more wild and is dissolving into turmoil. And the time to take a stand is now. The time to support broadcasts like the American Journal or Alex Jones Infowars or the War Room with Owen Troyer is now. As you have seen over the years, there were a lot of posers. People disappeared. People who maybe no longer could make a living decided to plug into the system. And that's all part of the filtering process. But every day you need to look at yourself in the mirror, think of your children. What happens if you don't do anything? What happens if you don't support this broadcast? What happens if you don't spread proper information or don't do proper research and just become an echo chamber? We need to look at the information we're being given from all sides. We need to look at the giant board game of risk or chess or whatever you want to call it and understand what the next move is in our life, what elections matter on the local level, what elections matter on the national level. What is it we can do to actually implement change in our local communities and prepare for the world that we are about to see in this transhumanist agenda where they now have giant robots that are like Optimus Prime where people get into mech warrior style that they're going to start selling? They're saying that it's going to be for mining on the moon, but it looks more like a military operation if you ask me. They got humanoid robots that are going to be in mass production in less than two years, they're talking about, in the news. Sounds like something straight out of Demolition Man or Terminator 2. But that's the world we're heading toward. Nanobots in the brain by the 2030s, being able to connect to a brain cloud interface. There's even articles that were in the news in the last couple of days saying that they have robots you can now control with a brain chip interface. Will that be the warfare of the future where you'll be able to just have your nanoparticles in your brain and control drones while using your brain? That sounds like something straight out of Spider-Man 2 where they had the evil villain controlling the drones using holographic technology to make a physical enemy that was attacking a city. I know that's a little far-fetched, but how far are we away from this technology? Because it's there. They're now talking about it. Mass manufacturing of robotic humans. We're not far away from humans being able to control them with brain chip interfaces. You can now play video games just thinking of thought. 
They are monitoring your thought. How are they doing this? Have you ever wondered? How is it that Facebook and the military and other organizations can monitor your brainwaves and your thoughts and know what you're thinking? These robots are wild. That's the future of warfare. We're not quite there yet. But these items can also be used for good. The question is, is what kind of future are we going to shape for ourselves and our children and the world around us? How long before you just put a bazooka and some weapons on these giant robots and they're fighting the warfare at the front lines? Drones are already fighting wars for us. Remember, there is no drone drone program. Wasn't at the Obama administration and said there are no drone programs. Now you can go to Best Buy and buy them. And it's really easy to jump on the xenophobic train, the tribalist train, support Israel, support Palestine. But in the end, who is it that really suffers? I want you to think about it. As these governments push for war with agendas of globalism, it's the people who suffer. It's the Ukrainian people who suffer. It's the Israeli people that suffer. It's the, it's the Palestinian people that suffer. It's the Russian people that suffer. As the governments push towards global chaos, and we haven't even gotten China and Taiwan into it. And what's the government? What's our government's role? What's the United States' role? In Ukraine, we started funding the Azov Battalion, Ukrainian Nazis, and not to mention Israel themselves have funded the Azov Battalion. Interesting enough, there's articles you can look them up. They're right on the internet, right on Google for mainstream media sources. Why is it that they're fighting both sides of a war? Why is it that big bankers are the ones that always win these wars? When we come back, one of the best political geoanalytics experts I know, somebody who called the Ukraine debacle, who's done incredible research, and a personal friend of mine, Don Vi Jr. will be joining us. He's a journalist at the Free Thought Project, and he's also the co-host of The Rundown Live, our broadcast that we do weeknights at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. It'll be an interesting conversation. Don't go anywhere. Share the live link with your friends. Hit the thumbs up. Check out the InfoWars store. Make sure you support us and get into the chat. We'll be back. A lot of listeners have complained in the last two years that our amazing high-quality coffee has not been available. And that's because the prices went up too high for the raw beans and the quality had gone down some. I turned down so many companies that wanted to work with us. But now we have brought back the coffee and it's even better from a national supplier that's veteran-owned and veteran-operated. It's powered by the company Minuteman Coffee. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the best tasting, best smelling, strongest coffee that I have ever drank. It is game changing. All you got to do is buy a bag of it 
and try it. I know you're going to be hooked, which will then fund our operation, a 360 win. Go to InfoWarsStore.com right now for Escape the Prison Planet Light Roast. That's the strongest. The amazing Medium Roast Wig of America. And finally, the best tasting Dark Roast Tip of the Spear, now exclusively available at InfoWarsStore.com. Get your coffee now. Please uh, remember, we are listener supported, and we've got something back in stock that everybody needs that is so good to have in your medicine cabinet sports broadcast. We've got the best 30 parts per million colloidal silver out there. It's Silver Bullet. It's at InfoWarsStore.com. And you want to support the show, plus have something in your medicine cabinet, have to give to others. It's topical. You can also take it orally. Uh, it is. It really does a lot of amazing things, anti-infection, you name it. Nothing's a silver bullet, but it's as close to a silver bullet as you're going to get. Silver bullet, back in stock, discounted, InfoWarsStore.com. And we also have Brain Force Ultra, the incredible, fast-acting, nootropic, back in stock, 60% off part of the big sale. The new sale we've got, immune support, organic, green fibers, 50% off. Those are both incredible. Vitamin D3 gummies, amazing. InfoWarsStore.com. Or triple A two five three three one three nine triple A two five three three one three nine. You're listening to the American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Listening to the American Journal, I'm your host, Kristan T. Harris of the Rundown Live, the rundownlive.com, Milwaukee's number one independent news and talk radio. You can find us on band.video, follow us there, or on Rumble, as well as anywhere social media is found. And joining us next is our guest, Don Vi Jr. Don Vi Jr. is also co-host of my broadcast, The Rundown Live, as well as a top geopolitical analytic analytics expert and journalist. Welcome to the broadcast, Don. Hi, brother. How you doing? I'm glad to be here. Yeah, doing good. So let's break down this whole uh, Israel-Palestinian um, debacle that's going on. You know, I was mentioning earlier, it's the people that seem to suffer whenever there's a war. The government seem to, uh, a government or big bankers or whoever's funding it seems to benefit and reap the benefits of war. But let's break down, um, wh- why is this happening? What's the history behind it? Right. Well, that's that's always been the case, hasn't it? The rich create conflicts, and then it's the poor, the the average uh, person that has to suffer from uh, the machinations of uh, megalomaniacal men, as it were. Unfortunately, what we're witnessing here is a textbook example of a conflict being instigated by uh, the globalist ruling class, and arguably one of the oldest conflicts at that. Uh, as people know, as you mentioned earlier. Uh, All wars are bankers' wars. This is no exception. Uh, If anything, this is one of the most prominent or paramount instances of this occurring. Uh, What people need to understand is that this conflict has been going on for over uh, 100 years since the end of the First World War, uh, and facilitated by the preeminent globalists of that time, the British Empire and the Rothschild banking family. When when we look at these wars, it always seems like the people seem to suffer, and Everything gets settled through a pen and paper after there's a lot of disaster and people have died. But in this scenario, uh, why is it that we are seeing things progress in the direction they are going between Israel and Palestine? What what really is uh, the boiling point here? Well, uh, to really uh, exemplify that uh, 
circumstance, there's a little historical context that's necessary, and I'll hit on a, a couple bullet points. Um, far more than I can articulate here, but I do have an article for the Free Thought Project that I wrote uh, some weeks back titled, Why Israel and Palestine Are at War, a Historical Synopsis. Uh, perhaps the crew could bring that up on screen for a moment. Uh, and I absolutely encourage all of our listeners and watchers, viewers, uh, to go and read that. It is a long read. It's about 7,000 words. But uh, I delineate the entire history of what has been happening in this region for the past century. And it's full of information that anyone who wants to get a grip on this conflict uh, needs to know. But in brief summary, some points to uh, acknowledge uh, is that you know, this was really brought about by the advent of Zionism, which is an uh, extremist, ultra-nationalist sort of political ideology cloaking itself under the cover of Judaism. But in reality, over the last century, it's proven itself to be very uh, anti-Semitic. Uh, in 1917, the Zionists of London, uh, with the help of the Rothschild banking family, were able to convince the British Empire to partition off this piece of land known as Palestine and begin a, Z a Zionist uh, settler colonialist project under the auspices of creating a homeland for the Jewish people, but they didn't actually care about the Jewish people. They were more so using them uh, as a scapegoat. In 1948, the British partition mandate ended and the Zionist colony officially declared its independence, and the illegal settlements thereby began a campaign of expansion and ethnic cleansing of the native inhabitants of that region, uh, the Palestinian people, ultimately pushing them into the regions uh, today that are known as Gaza and the West Bank. In 1967, Israel launched a false flag war against Egypt and Syria with the intention of further expanding its territory and uh, ultimately placing the regions of Gaza and the West Bank under a military occupation, which has remained in place ever since and become a focal point for uh, what many have described as an apartheid regime. Uh, the people of these regions for the past couple decades have attempted to resist this illegal military occupation. Of course, they have been labeled as terrorists, much the same as uh, the enemies or the U.S. empire are labeled as terrorists for any of its geostrategic ambitions. Uh, and since 2006, these areas, particularly Gaza, have been uh, literally under siege, blockaded by Israel, cordoned off from the rest of the world, essentially turning Gaza into the world's largest open-air prison, uh, more so uh, for all intents and purposes, a concentration camp inhabited by more than two million people, uh, over half of them, which are children. So what kind of impact is this having in our geopolitical situation here, right, currently, where we have Israel and the Palestine conflict? Um, what do you see as far as the misinformation? Maybe we can dive into this. We come back to commercial break, but it seems like to me that uh, this conflict has been going on for quite some time. And what has really stoked it as of recent? Uh, well, as of recent, what has stoked it, obviously, uh, in from what can be ascertained by almost anyone watching the mainstream media, although we know that's not necessarily a reliable source, but uh, the October 7 attack that occurred when Hamas launched a massive military operation inside of uh, of Israel, uh, the, uh, they called the attack Operation Al-Aqsa Flood. Uh, and one of the most important things that people need to understand about that Israel was given multiple intelligence warnings, not only by uh, Egyptian intelligence, but also our own CIA warned them, hey, we're getting chatter on the line that Hamas is going to uh, perhaps do something. And Israeli intelligence uh, outright ignored this. There were even 
uh, Israeli journal, uh, excuse me, magazines, uh, newspapers, uh, journalists that have um, covered this. The Haaretz, for example, uh, published a piece uh, acknowledging that you know the Israeli government was given these warnings and they did not act accordingly, much like we see often with, say, for example, 9-11 in 2001, where there was this, uh, you know, this forewarning that an attack may occur. And yet, you know, mysteriously, these governments chose not to act upon this. Of course, when you understand the history, and I also explained this in my article that we just recently brought up on screen, uh, you know, Hamas is actually a creation of Israel. There are a number of Israeli officials that have admitted this. There are documents that were released from WikiLeaks in around about 2010, I believe, that demonstrate Israeli officials wanted to empower Hamas. And the reason why they essentially created Hamas in much the same way that, say, for example, the United States was responsible for the creation of al-Qaeda with Operation Timber Sycamore during the Carter and the Reagan administrations, uh, you know, funding the Mujahideen, partnering with Osama bin Laden in Afghanistan during the Afghani-Soviet war, uh, ultimately creating al-Qaeda and the Taliban, much the same occurred in Israel in the 1980s during the first intifada uh, or uprising. Uh, when they decided to back this offshoot from the Muslim Brotherhood, which ultimately became Hamas because they wanted to destabilize the region. They wanted to uh, present a challenge to the PLO, the Palestinian Liberation Organization, which was uh, beginning to gain some recognition internationally and uh, uh, actually present a political opposition to Israel when it was becoming recognized, say, by Qatar, by Saudi Arabia and some of these other uh, nations. And so they needed to really undercut the PLO and its efforts to create a Palestinian state, as it were. And so that's what led to the creation of Hamas. Don, hang in there. We're going to commercial break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back with more information. You're listening to the American Journal. I'm your host, Chris Don T. Harris. Don By Jr. is our guest. See you around the bend. Sleepless nights seem to be a lot more common these days with everything that's going on both at home and the world at large. If you are having trouble getting to that deep sleep we could all use more of, our new sleep support formula, Down and Out, is just the thing. It's our new faster absorbing liquid formula that is specifically designed to help you get the shut eye you deserve. Formulated to improve upon our best-selling product, Knockout, with Down and Out, now the herbs and melatonin packed inside are extracted directly into the glycerin solution. So the ingredients are already dissolved into the formula before you even take it. One of the other sleep support herbs included is the passion flower, which was traditionally used by Native Americans like the Cherokees, who used it for its relaxing qualities. Be sure to take this product when you are completely ready for sleep, because you will be down and out. Selling out now at InfoWarsStore.com. InfoWars.com is tomorrow's news today. tuned in to the American Journal with your host, Kristan Harris. Don Bight Jr. is our guest, geopolitical, 
Apple analytics expert, as well as co-host of the Rundown Live and journalist at the Free Thought Project. We've been diving into the Palestinian-Israel debacle. And from what we gather here, uh, it's very possible. I was thinking during the break that maybe Israel allowed Hamas to attack, knowing that it was possible that they would attack in order to have justification to go to war, just much like uh, we did during 9-11. I know you equated that there's uh, similarities there. Uh, and now we're getting this crazy blitz of information, including propaganda. But before we do that, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think Israel could have allowed this attack? Right, right. Uh, first of all, I did want to issue a brief correction to myself from the last segment. I brought up Operation Timber Sycamore. I had meant to say uh, Operation Cyclone. That was the program during the Carter and the Reagan administration in which they funded, armed and trained the Mujahideen and Osama bin Laden. Uh, Timber Sycamore, as it were, was the program that occurred uh, very similar to Cyclone in the late 2000s, the early 2010s, in which they were arming, funding, and training the uh, moderate rebels, as it were, in Iraq and Syria, which led to the creation of ISIS, which the U.S. continued to covertly facilitate, I'm sure. As uh, people can imagine, you know, all of these covert operations and names and what have you, it's easy to, to get them mixed up uh, in your brain. But it's Well, there's a lot more, to unpack. Yeah, it's probably more apropos to even bring up Timber Sycamore because Israel is now taken to uh, saying, oh, Hamas is ISIS, which, I mean, you know, I guess if you look at it one way, you could say that they are because they're both created by the, the Western imperial bloc. But uh, when it comes to this attack being allowed to occur, um, we actually have documents that were released from WikiLeaks, I believe, roundabouts 2010. I know recently they've been uh, their Twitter page and whatnot has been resharing these documents just to remind people uh, that there were Israeli officials uh, even in 2006 that were desiring for Hamas to take over Gaza. And, uh, you know, this this actually this ended up occurring uh, in 2006. There was a massive uh, a civil war that broke out in that region between Fatah, which was the main uh, facets, say, of the, the PLO, the Palestinian Liberation Organization, uh, and Hamas for the control of the region. And there were Israeli officials on record saying, well, we would love for Hamas to take control of Gaza because Hamas is a terrorist organization. Then the people of Gaza have no excuse. Or, you know, the people of Gaza... We can treat them as the enemy. We can go into this region and, you know, we can essentially treat everyone as the enemy if they're ruled by Hamas. And so that's exactly what Israel got uh, when they allowed them to take over. When, and, you know, even recently, the Times of Israel, Haaretz, you know, these uh, Israeli uh, publications have pointed out the fact that Netanyahu specifically has time and again you know, allowed for the funneling of funds to go to Hamas from uh, neighboring countries like Qatar, uh, supposedly for, you know, the humanitarian aid aspect of it. But, you know, if you're funneling money to Hamas, uh, you know, you are by default facilitating uh, that group. And so it's very difficult to uh, pretend as if uh, Netanyahu and his camp uh, did not know what they were doing. You know, I said uh, when this thing first kicked off, and I said last uh, a couple of years ago in 2021, when they were launching their assaults against the Palestinian people uh, during Ramadan, attacking peaceful worshippers at Al-Aqsa Mosque, uh, that they have been attempting to uh, essentially create or manufacture the consent for what is a genocide. And unfortunately, we are seeing that unfold now, you know, upwards of uh, 10,000 people 
have already been killed. A vast chunk of them are children. Uh, and, you know, they're essentially saying that all the actions of Hamas justify these atrocities that are being carried out. But, you know, there are documents that have been put out by Israeli think tanks, and this has been covered by the Gray Zone, that show that they already had these plans. And it's also been covered by Mint Press News, showing that they already had these plans, that they wanted to push out the people of Gaza, uh, either push them into the Sinai and basically force Egypt to accept them as refugees uh, or cleanse them completely, uh, killing off as many as possible. And uh, even for allowing this attack to occur, there was another report from the Gray Zone, which I, I shared with the, the production crew, that perhaps uh, they can show that uh, the, on October 7th, there are actually testimony from Israelis inside Israel that said it was the Israeli military that was partially responsible for killing Israeli civilians with tanks, with missiles, with helicopters. They killed their own people. And these are testimonies from the people on the ground, from the Israeli people. Uh, this was covered by Max Blumenthal in the Gray Zone, indicating that, yes, they let the attack happen. Uh, and uh, not only did they allow the attack to happen, but they also partially attacked their own people and then spun it and said, well, it was all Hamas and turned it into this big atrocity propaganda to justify this mass incursion against civilians. It seems like the people always seem to lose whenever there's these types of debacles and conflicts going on. So who's, you know, as far as the propaganda goes, what kind of misinformation are we all seeing um, on the ground? We're seeing here where they're alleging that Hamas is responsible for a debacle, but yet Israeli, uh, excuse me, Israel is uh, shelling their own people. And um, we've seen that, you know, in America where we droned and killed our own citizens before during the Obama administration. And I'm sure it won't be the last time. Uh, but when we dive into the misinformation that's being propagandized right now, what's going on and why is it being slighted in that way, do you believe? Well, obviously, you know, most wars are driven by uh, propaganda. You know, there hasn't really been an honest war uh, in in many, many decades, essentially anywhere around the world. I mean, then, of course, you know, who could say that any war is an honest war? You know, you go back in ancient times and, you know, it's all powerful men uh, essentially perpetuating atrocities for their own gain, you know, for either financial or resources or something of that nature. But, you know, when when it comes to this uh, particular instance, you know, when we have all of this propaganda that is being flooded around, there's actually a fantastic report uh, by The Last American Vagabond uh, that goes into discussing this is actually a two part series uh, where, uh, you know, they talk about the fact that Israel has claimed that there were, you know, beheaded babies, there were, you know, raped women and then Hamas uh, carried out all of these sort of attacks. And, you know, the report was authored by uh Robert uh, in Lakesh, Robert in Lakesh, who has been doing a fantastic job reporting this. He's lost family over there. You know, a member of his family was killed by uh, Israeli forces. And uh, but, you know, he has been doing some of the most objective work on this despite that. And, uh, you know, it's it's essentially they've put forward these claims and these claims have been touted by the Biden administration. They've been touted by the Pentagon officials and the uh, you know, mainstream media stenographers that essentially just report whatever the State Department tells them to report without any sort of evidence to it. And so the last American Vagabond has done a great job of 
uh, sort of breaking this down, as has uh, Mint Press News, as, as a matter of fact. They've also had a number of good pieces demonstrating the propaganda and the things of that nature. And I know that uh, Project Censored actually uh, produced a really good piece titled How Big Media Facilitate Israeli War Crimes on Gaza that also go into uh, exemplifying the ways in which these stories and narratives are sort of twisted to fit a specific kind of purview uh, in order to justify this mass assault against civilians. And you know, unfortunately, they've put forward this narrative even that, you know, there's no differentiation between Hamas and the civilians because they supported Hamas. Well, you know, that's like saying, well, there's no differentiation between all of the American people and Joe Biden because, you know, some portion of the country, no matter how small it may have been, voted for Joe Biden and therefore his atrocities are all of our responsibility. And it's it's an absolute uh, nonsense of a narrative. And so, yeah, the uh, robot. Know, the robot Joe Biden out there, Don. But when we come back, we're going to get your forecast in the future. Where do you see this all heading and breaking down the future, the potential World War III and a whole bunch more? I apologize for interjecting there. But there'll be more from Don Vi Jr. when we come back. You're listening to The American Journal. I'm your host, Chris Don T. Harris. Finally, after close to a year, in early November, where I'm cutting this ad, we finally got one of our flagship products back in stock, Ultra 12, the highest quality vitamin B12 organic. You take it out of the tongue so you get better absorption of the body through your blood vessels and what it does to every system in your body is simply incredible. It's the natural, clean, energy, focus, immune system, everything. And it's 40% off exclusively at InfoWarsStore.com. This has been rated as the best B12 in the country. It's available from a top lab that we private label it through at InfoWarsStore.com. Ultra 12, vitamin B12, taken sublingually, now back in stock at InfoWarsStore.com. Or you can call toll-free and order it as well, 888-253-3139. And Ultra 12 funds the InfoWar as well. I have been in a 28-year marathon battle with a globalist. I have come from nowhere to the very heights of politics, not just in America, but in the world. We are engaging the globalists at point blank range in the information war. But I don't deserve the credit. Yes, I've persevered, but the listeners and viewers who support InfoWars are the real reason we've had the success. We're having now the greatest victories in the fight against the new world order we've ever had. We are now entering the final mile of the marathon. And that's why today it's more important than ever to realize how important you've been in this fight and to continue in the efforts you've been carrying out and to intensify them. God bless you all. I salute you. I thank you. And I beg you to intensify what you're doing now because we are over the target and history is happening. The fight is my fight. It's your fight. It's our fight. God bless you all. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. You're 
listening to the American Journal. I'm your host, Tristan T. Harris, filling in for Harrison Smith. And our guest currently is Don Bay Jr. And we're diving into our forecast in the future of what is going on with Israel and Palestine, what is going on potentially with the future of world wars, amongst many other things. Don, what do you see happening in the near future? You know, there's a lot of conspiratorial stuff out there, you know, Albert Pike and three world wars. And then you have, um, what was it? Uh, Legions of Satan, which was uh, also Jonathan Williams talking about the potential of globalization. But, uh, you know, we have the United Nations, which nobody seems to vote for representation, you know, for their country. However, they've been trying to push for peace, allegedly. America has been playing an interesting part in preventing that. Right. Yeah. There, there is a uh, piece out of Geopolitical Economy by Ben Norton, uh, which uh, covers the fact that the United States has actually blocked uh, at the time it was three peace resolutions that were put forward in uh, in the United Nations calling for a ceasefire in Israel. Since then, it has become four, uh, perhaps five. I'm not sure if another vote has uh, attempted to occur uh, since the last time I checked, but it's, it's they've blocked at least four attempted peace resolutions. And, uh, you know, the State Department, there was a report by uh, Dave DeCamp out of antiwar.com a couple weeks back. I don't have it here with me, but uh, surely, you know, viewers can you know look it up on their own. But there was a report from the State Department from antiwar.com that the State Department was actually circulating internal memos saying uh, that U.S. diplomats should not use words such as ceasefire or peace or uh, you know, diplomacy, things of that nature in an attempt to, you know, push for uh, detente and an attempt to push for, you know, less death and destruction. You know, we have uh, people like the National Security Advisor for the Biden administration getting up there and saying that, you know, civilian deaths in Gaza will continue because, well, this is just the nature of war, but it is a war that they are deliberately prolonging, uh, much the same way they've done with the, the U.S. NATO proxy war in Ukraine. And, uh, you know, wars are, you know, they're big business. And that's this, the sad truth of it. You know, ever since the October 7 attack, uh, the military industrial complex has been having a heyday. They, you know, the stock prices have gone through the roof uh, for Raytheon Technologies, Lockheed Martin. Uh, they are making billions of dollars off of this conflict. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, uh, unless something can can really happen. Thankfully, we are seeing some pushback from the international community, and we are seeing uh, massive uprisings of people around the world uh, against this thing. I wrote another article uh, just recently uh, how mostly the media is silent as millions of people around the world are rising up and protesting and uh, you know speaking out against these Israeli crimes, uh, you know, in favor of of uh, you know supporting the liberation of the Palestinian people. And so, hopefully, that pushback. Uh, will result in something happening. Hopefully, there can be some kind of uh, you know diplomatic pushback uh, because it's it's far beyond time for Israel to be held accountable for the numerous crimes against humanity that it has committed uh, these past uh, you know several decades. But of course, the United States has again been involved uh, by essentially putting shackles on the international criminal court and and their uh, capabilities of really attempting to rein things in. So. You know, hopefully something like that happens uh, diplomatically where this loss of civilian life stops, um, you know, but ultimately who knows where the future is going to go because, of course, you know, the empire loves war 
And, uh, you know, as we mentioned earlier, no matter who you vote in office, it just seems like the world, the, the wheel keeps on turning. Well, and it's interesting. So both with Ukraine, we kind of, you know, seem to they seem to want to block any kind of peace resolution. And now we're seeing that with the Israel-Palestine conflict. Why do you think that there's such a push to block this? Is it the military-industrial conflict uh, complex, excuse me, uh, trying to make more money? Uh, are we looking at a land grab? We're looking at expansion and leaning towards a World War III. Uh, and what's the benefit of America preventing uh, any kind of peace resolution? Well, I mean, you know, there are multiple facets to the situation, as you know, there typically are. Very rarely are these things one-dimensional. Uh, so, you know, so on the Israeli side, we have uh, the Netanyahu administration, who has a very openly used incredibly genocidal language and and published white papers and from think tanks and whatnot, indicating that they do want to uh, continue this ethnic cleansing, that they want to uh, seize this land, essentially uh, expand the Greater Israel Project. On the American side, uh, surely sleepy Joe Biden is enjoying the fact uh, that, you know, wars are great for presidents to stay in office. You know, any time that you need, uh, you know, a little bit of leverage for an election, you know, it's always great to lean into the war machine. And we're certainly seeing that take place. As I mentioned, the military industrial complex, you know, Lockheed Martin, Raytheon, you know, they are making boatloads of cash off of this. And just globally, you know, when it comes to the the more seedy aspect of things, the deep state, the globalists who sort of uh, manipulate these things to occur, you know, conflict is, uh, warfare is one of the most preeminent ways in which they attempt to depopulate the planet. You know, we know that they have this agenda for, you know, global depopulation in their attempt to establish a new world order. And, you know, wars are great for that too. So, you know, when it comes to a lot of these facets, you know, there's a lot of things at play that, uh, you know, these individuals in power would certainly be behooved to attempt to stop peace. Well, and that's just it. Uh, it's funny how they're coming for our Second Amendment rights and the guns here within America, but we're the number one gun dealer in the world. And when it comes to wars, we provide a lot of the screws and bolts used in these wars. But yet every mass shooter who's on you know, far, big pharma pills and has the idea to shoot up their local school. Uh, the first, you know, blowback is we got to come for the guns here in America. They want to disarm the American public while arming the rest of the world. And I remember when Jesse the Body Ventura many years ago, he's like, well, if you're going to ban the guns, we should start with, you know, the government and the bodyguards and the military and everything else. And then maybe when nobody else has guns, I'd be okay with it. I'm telling you, the Second Amendment is there for us to protect ourselves from the encroachment of government. Also, it's your right to protect you and your family. I can tell you as a protest reporter and during the Kenosha unrest. Uh, they, the police weren't coming to save you. Uh, the police were just protecting federal buildings while they were burning down, you know, millions of dollars of property. And people had their guns ready in Kenosha. And I'm telling you that it is your right to bear arms and it is your right to protect yourself. And the government's going to come for that every chance they get. That's the one thing America has to prevent these multinational corporatists from taking over this country and stand up and take this country back if we need to do so. Now, I'm hoping we can do that diplomatically, peacefully through the vote. Hopefully we can change the way the elections are do done through maybe blockchain voting, preventing election fraud through blockchain voting, ranked choice voting. There's a lot of solutions that our government can turn to, but yet it seems like the system is rigged. 
It's rigged from the inside out. We saw it in 2012 with Ron Paul in 2011, excuse me. Saw it in 2016 in the Democrat Party in 2015, excuse me. And then we saw it again with Donald Trump here just recently. It seems like there is somebody trying to play kingmaker. And it seems like the, the credibility of rigging the system for the military industrial complex seems to be a big, big, you know, go to. Now, I'm not sure how exactly it's done, but I can tell you right now they're making money off this war. And Don, I wanted to give you a second to plug your stuff. Where can people find out more about you? And um, obviously, we do the rundown live weeknights out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin here, Milwaukee's independent news and talk radio. But also, um, where can they find out more about you and your articles? Uh, well, if people want to follow me, uh, they can definitely follow me on Twitter. Or I know that uh, the crew has had my Twitter page up there, and it's right there, at Don Vi Jr., D-O-N-V-I-A-J-R. Uh, if you would prefer something a little more, uh, you know, not uh, encroached upon by censorship, you can follow me on Telegram. Uh, in my Twitter bio, there is a link to my link tree where all of my socials are linked, so you can – uh, use that to navigate your way to Telegram. My Telegram channel is Break the Matrix. Uh, that's uh, uh, sort of a reporting uh, channel page that I have had uh, since about 2015, since I started my journey as a journalist. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, follow me on the Free Thought Project. You know, just go to the freethoughtproject.com, bookmark it. If you'd like to, you know, support us, buy some merch or donate, something like that. Uh, but that's mostly where I put my writing and uh, either that or Done. on my. my but yeah, Twitter. Thanks, thanks for joining us. I appreciate you. It was great to have you on. Great insight. It's great to hear viewpoints from many individuals out there. I want to let our listeners know as many as 30% of adults over 50 have trouble absorbing B12 from food. Right now in the InfoWars store, we have discounts, 40% off. Go get your Ultra 12 right now. Support this broadcast. I tell you what, if you buy some Ultra 12, Send me emails, show tips at therundownlive.com. I'll even send you a free shirt. Just send a copy, a screenshot of your receipt. Right now, it's a free Rundown Live shirt. If you pick up some Ultra 12, support this broadcast. Please uh, remember, we are listener supported, and we've got something back in stock that everybody needs that is so good to have in your medicine cabinet sports broadcast. We've got the best 30 parts per million colloidal silver out there. It's Silver Bullet. It's at InfoWarsStore.com. And you want to support the show, plus have something in your medicine cabinet, have to give to others. It's topical. You can also take it orally. Uh, it is. It really does a lot of amazing things, anti-infection, you name it. Nothing's a silver bullet, but it's as close to a silver bullet as you're going to get. Silver Bullet, back in stock, discounted, InfoWarsStore.com. And we also have Brain Force Ultra, the incredible fast-acting nootropic back in stock, 60% off part of the big sale. The new sale we've got, immune support, organic green fibers, 50% off. Those are both incredible. Vitamin D3 gummies, amazing. Infowarsstore.com or American Journal. I'm your host, Kristan T. Harris. 
the Rundown Live, rundownlive.com. You can follow us on band.video. We post stuff there often, also the rundownlive.com. And on the second hour, we're going to be diving in to UFOs and UAPs. And it's an interesting story. I got to tell you, I used to bat my eyes at the idea of UFOs. Back in the day, I used to listen to some of these Hour of the Time episodes with the godfather of conspiracies, they call him, William Cooper. And I'd be like, I'm skipping those episodes. I'm not going to even give it a time of day, little green men, little gray men. To be honest, I didn't really give it a fair shake. And about, it was like 2016, I was giving a presentation at the University of Milwaukee, Wisconsin on giant human skeletons, because we have FG mounds and there's indigenous people of great height, between seven and 12 feet. And we're talking hundreds of bodies found of these heights. And at the, at the end of the presentation, a lady came up to me and her name was Chase Klutchke. She was a former master instructor, master trainer of the Department of Defense. And she asked me, have you ever looked into the UFO phenomenon? And I kind of chuckled at it. And then she introduced who she was. And she published a very interesting book on investigating UFO phenomenon. She gave me a copy. We ended up going to lunch and I took her to the Astalon Pyramid Mounds. And we, we had a discussion about UFOs. And I still kind of stayed away from the subject. I kind of didn't want to investigate it. It had a bad taboo about it. And, you know, my gut instinct was it wasn't time. A couple years later, I filed a Freedom of Information Act request on the murder of William Cooper. I got back 300 docu- pages of documents from the FBI. And the reason why I'm bringing that up is because of that FOIA I filed, somebody looked me up that used to whose father used to be Secret Service for President Bush and sent me an indictment by William Cooper that was mailed out after his murder by law enforcement for tax evasion in 2001. And it was the indictment of an organization known as MJ-12. And this indictment had a lot of claims in it, and I have not published it yet because it hasn't been the right time. But as I was reading over it in the last couple years, the picture that Cooper painted the information that he presented, whether his research was accurate or not, seemed to start to come true, seemed to become accurate. And I started to ask myself, why shouldn't I research this? So one of these individuals who I happen to take liking to, his name is Mark D'Antonio. He's a contributor at the Huffington Post, as well as he's got his own show that he does sky tour live stream where he does astronomy. He's a top astronomer. He's worked on top secret government programs. And we started discussing UFOs. And I started to ask, well, you know, could these just be government aircraft? Is that really the UFO phenomenon? Because I find it difficult to believe that alien species would be visiting this planet just to, you know, take DNA samples or cattle mutilation. A lot of people have been paying attention to the Tucker Carlson cattle mutilation documentary. But when we come back, a very reputable scientist, a very intelligent man who's going to also break down how anti-gravity technology would work using KK gravitons and other things, will be joining us, Mark D'Antonio. He's been seen on History Channel. Discovery and many other platforms. 
His show, Sky Tour, goes into the depth of the galaxies and planets, and we'll see what he has to say and why he has interest in this whole UAP phenomenon. Why is it the government is pushing this right now? We'll be back. Check out the InfoWars store during this commercial break. Support this broadcast. I'm Kristan T. Harris. We'll be back after these messages from our sponsors. Listening to the American Journal with your host, Kristan Harris. Mark D'Antonio is the chief video analyst for the largest UFO database. He's worked on top secret government programs and he's a top astronomer. Mark D'Antonio, welcome to the broadcast. American Journal, how are you doing, man? Hey, Kristan, how you doing, brother? I haven't talked to you in a long time. It's good to see you. Yeah, man. it's been a while. It's been a while. Um, so there's been a lot a of listeners out there that have uh, heard of UFOs and UAP, UAPs. The government's really, um, you know, advertising this. They're having hearings and and so what. But uh, before we dive into all the specifics, how the heck does an astronomer, a scientist, get involved? in the UFO phenomenon. And not only that, you're the like ends you're the say all on what is a legitimate UFO video and what is not and uh you know deciphering what is real and what is not and we can dive into those statistics a little later but what's your story? How does this start out? Uh it started when I was 9 years old and uh I, I looked up in the sky and I thought, you know, there there I see all these stars up there and I thought there's got to be more than just us out there. And it started me on a journey to the library where I took out books on chemistry as a nine-year-old, <laughs> okay? And they looked at me funny like, what's this kid doing with like a, a high school level book on chemistry at age nine? Um, and I actually understood some of it, not all of it. I mean, I, I tried my best, but you know, I learned early on how to, how to do experimentation to, to figure things out and to create different things that you might like. You know, I created hydrogen gas balloons and I blew them up uh, in the lot next to my house, okay? They brought the police every time because it was a resounding boom in the neighborhood. I was like, whoa, that was a good one, you know? I learned how to, how to, how, uh, how to make certain chemicals like, oh, I don't know, gunpowder compounds. And because uh, I had a chemistry set that had all the materials necessary to make that. So I ended up creating all these things, learning about science early on. <clears throat> and I thought, this is really the coolest thing. You know, the, the, the periodic table of the elements was so boring to everyone except me because everything in that periodic table was formed in the heart of a star once. And so everything you're made of and everybody's every single person in the world, every single chair, table, object in the planet was once had its constituent atoms made in the heart of a star at hundreds of millions of degrees. I don't know. As a kid, to me, that just seemed like a fascinating story. So I had to I had to check it out. I had to learn more about it. So I became fascinated with UFOs. I had a missing time uh, event when I was uh, young. Uh, actually, in sixth grade, uh, we went to a, a pond in the in the town nearby. And while I was in that pond, I remember getting there in the bus, and I remember getting off the bus with my little bag lunch, 
And next thing I know, I'm getting back on the bus with my little bag lunch, uneaten. And everybody said, where the heck were you all day? What? When are we getting to the pond? And of course, kids, you know, whack, 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 and they whack you in the head. Uh, what happened? Um, it was missing time. And I got home. And when I, when I came home, I started to feel really strange. And I started having convulsions and seizures. And they had to rush me to the hospital in an ambulance. Um, and I wasn't really taking it seriously at that time because as the ambulance was going down the road, I said, hey, can you run the siren? You know, oh, sure. Yeah, Marky, right. That's what they call it. Yeah, right. Anyway, uh, and of course, that led to the sciences. I learned, you know, oceanography was very important because we came from the ocean. Astronomy was very important. Around here, actually, not so much to me. But, you know, the deep ocean was important. And so was space. And I, at age, like I said, at age nine, I became uh, on, a, on a one track path and I ended up following through and becoming an astronomer. And I felt that was probably uh, the best way to go because uh, there's not enough science in the world and there's not enough people that can relay science in a way that's understandable. And that became my mission, relay the complex in a simplified manner that everybody can then participate in. See? And then MUFON came along and in 2008, they asked me to be their chief photo and video analyst. Now MUFON stands for the Mutual UFO Network. Um, and when I joined, uh, way back in 1971, two years after it formed, okay, I was 11, and I began to realize there's a lot of stuff out there that's more interesting than even I knew. And so that led me down this, this primrose path of discovery. And so here you are with a guy who's a science guy and also believes that they're here. So I had to figure out how do they get here from way out there? See, and that was the thing that was the most perplexing that in fact that's the argument that most people use how can they get here how could they be how could they get here across such vast distances and my thought was well maybe they don't have to travel those vast distances and that's what led me down the other path to talk to guys like bob schroeder okay, a good friend of mine he wrote a book called solving the ufo enigma uh, which i think is out of print <clears throat> but it describes uh, as best as bob could uh, the way in which UFOs could be here. And I read his book. I could understand what he was talking about in his physics. All right. It wasn't written for lay people. And that's the problem. It was written for someone who understands uh, Maxwell's equations and, and other things that in physics that you would need to have under your belt. So what I did was I ended up translating it effectively into a more digestible um, concept so that everybody could participate in that. And I've been doing this talk around the country. I, I, I do like 16 different talks, you know, all on science and, and UFOs and, uh, you know, these type of anomalous things we see in the sky. <clears throat> and so they're all tied into science because I think that it's a rigorous application of science that's going to actually get us off this planet someday. So that is something that I've been doing. And uh, when we get to that point, I'll be happy to explain how I think. There you go. I'm happy to explain how it is that I think they travel and how they get here. And it's based on Bob, Bob Schroeder's work. Uh, like I said, very smart guy. And he's not the only one that's on board with this. Okay. There's a lot of physicists out there that say that makes sense. So when we're looking at this and you're involved in MUFON at a young <laughs> age, how did that progress to where you are today? Uh, well, 
I started as a MUFON field investigator. In fact, I had that little card in my wallet for years. And one day I wanted to show it to someone. So I opened up my wallet and there was the card. And I opened up the little plastic sleeve and noticed that the card had long since deteriorated. And all it was was an imprint on the plastic, you know. So it was kind of funny, you know, you don't need the card to actually be uh, an investigator. And so I had started as the investigator and then I ended up <clears throat> moving into uh, doing presentations at national symposiums. And then I ended up being asked to be the chief photo and video analyst back in 2008. And I, I did that because um, actually they offered that to me because I had broken a case of uh, a hoax <clears throat> that was making ground and getting traction. And uh, it was actually a complete fabrication. So I thought that maybe that was something that should be brought out into the open. I'm not against UFOs. I'm not a debunker. I do think they're here. All right. In fact, I know a methodology we talked about just now that they could be here. You mentioned it early on. You know, so there are there are ways in which they could be here. So um, <clears throat> moving, <clears throat> doing what I'm doing now for MUFON, uh, and I speak at conferences all over the world. And so one of the times that is most fun is when you speak at these mutual UFO network symposiums. Because the audience are, are many like-minded people, not scientists, not necessarily scientists, and just ordinary people that just are interested in the subject and want to know. And, you know, I can't tell somebody something that isn't factual, but I will speculate, you know. And so speculating about UFOs and the visitation by other life forms takes you down a path of studying the life here on our planet. <clears throat> you know, and that that uh, that that trip that they make to get here. First of all, what's the motivation for them to be here? You know, hey, why Mark, are they coming in there? I apologize. We're going to be heading to commercial break. If you guys are there, make sure you guys check out Ultra Twelve. Get your vitamin B twelve in. Check out the Infowars store. We'll be back with Mark D'Antonio, top astronomer. Just a few moments. Satanic New World Order is betting against humanity. They're betting on our weakness. They believe they can destabilize civilization and bring us down into the ashes of history. But the trap they've laid for us will be their destruction, not ours. If we trust in God and if we are valiant and have courage to speak the truth and not comply and engage in civil disobedience and not join the masses who have decided that they are the scum of the earth, who have decided that they will join with this soulless corporate system. As for InfoWars, we are going to steadfastly continue to fight in the information war with our weapon, the truth, against the enemies of humanity. And we put our faith, and we put our trust, and we put our destiny in the hands of God. Because it's been said a trillion times, if God be with us, who can be against us? Our world is so full of hype. We are force-fed dehumanizing propaganda by the corporate media, by the controlled churches and the universities. And why is this the case? Because we innately, by God, have been given the keys to our own minds, our own psyches, our own souls. 
And by connecting to God, we can empower ourselves and transcend the, quote, fallen or sinful state. So the chemicals that we ingest and, and all the things that we try to bring into our bodies to, to, to change who we are are only lowering us. They're only making us more depressed. In the end, they're only making us less fulfilled. It is only by going within and really making that connection to God that we can truly empower ourselves. That's why the globalists bombard us with toxins and chemicals to block us getting the normal vitamins and minerals and trace elements our bodies need to be healthy and to be able to basically reach out beyond the third dimension. And that's where the incredible products come in at InfoWarsStore.com. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Mark D'Antonio, top astronomer, chief video analyst for MUFON, is our guest. And we've been diving into his credentials and the history here on how he got involved in the idea of UAPs and UFOs. And as a guy who does the video analyst, there's a lot of people, they think they saw something. They're out late at night and they see something in the sky. I know Starlink has probably caused some fake reports, but how many reports do you guys get a month? And how do you differentiate a fake report from a real report? And do you actually get real UFO reports? I got to ask because I think just about everything I see UFO base is just about fake. I'm just saying, uh, even the stuff from the government, I'm a little leery on. And uh, I guess the big question is, how do you differentiate what is real and what is not? And, you know, how many UFO reports do you guys get monthly? Well, to be fair, there's a, a huge number of UFO. Echo. Yeah, and no that's what I was saying. I couldn't understand why that was happening. I noted it. Um, so I'm not sure why that's happening, but hey, this is this is what happens with live radio, right? So uh, let's see if we can fix that. Um, uh, it happened just now for the first time. So um, let's make use of the echo. We can sing a song with the echo or whatever, you know, but uh, um, let me see what we're doing here. Okay, there we go. Oh, okay, yeah, we got that, that fixed. Thank you guys okay, for the guys at InfoWars that got to that promptly. It happens sometimes. But yeah, um, definitely, how do we fix, uh, like, first of all, how do you identify a real UFO uh, video from a fake one? And how many of these videos are you guys getting monthly? Okay, well, first of all, um, there are a number of ways people can report UFO. And we have the MUFON case management system. And you can go on board. Uh, and go up to to MUFON.com, and you can actually report a UFO. You can put it in, and if it has evidence, you can then upload data, photos, video. And uh, we might get, depending on the state, you might get a, uh, many reports in a month, and other states maybe few. But remember, it's a worldwide organization, so we're getting reports from all over the world. You know, and we have chapters in every state. We have chapters in many countries overseas. And, uh, you know, David McDonald is our international director, and uh, he does a good job of keeping tabs on everything that's going on within MUFON. And uh, so he uh, presides over all that. And as far as the the number, we've got a report ourselves as MUFON members and uh, people that work uh, within the organization. We get reports each month. Of, of monthly statistics showing what's going on. And each state has a different number of reports. 
the more populated the area, the more the reports seem to be. Obviously, that makes sense. So I know in uh, like Southern California, you have a bunch of reports, whereas in northwestern uh, Wyoming, you may have like two or three as opposed to 30 um, in a month. Now, the question is how many of these are real? Well, we have to understand that if we look in the night sky, we're bound to see something we don't understand. And if everybody was an astronomer, then the reports might drop by 50 to 80 percent. You don't know, right? Because some of these are meteors, some of these are planets, some of these are uh, satellites. Um, and the problem is many people see a satellite traveling across the sky, traveling right there through the sky, then all of a sudden it seems to change direction on them. It may not really change direction, uh, but maybe it does, right? But the only way we know for sure is if they have a video. And if you see a satellite traveling against the stars like this, and all of a sudden it goes, and goes another direction, wow, that's pretty impressive. Okay, so non-ballistic motion, non-linear motion, things like that. Uh, that look like an intelligent change to a direction will be very important to us. And uh, there are certain natural things that can fool you with that. There are many people that will take out these infrared cameras, shine them in the sky, look in the sky, and they'll see something flying through the sky and darting around in all kinds of odd ways. Well, that is, um, in many cases, a, a bat. A bat flying around a distant and and because of the way they fly, their their wings make this this uh, this this blurry kind of flight path, and so it looks really strange when you see a bat flying through because it kind of looks like it has this this aura around it when you're actually seeing the lit wings, you know. Um, when when you take photographs, sometimes people take these photographs and the photos on their iPhones. Or their uh, or other kinds of phones, or their Android phones are going to have some kind of um, well a blur to them, right? And that blur can be mistaken, and that's one of the problems we have to be careful with, right? So, in terms of uh, what might be real and what might not be, I would say that we're probably looking at um, 90, 95 to ninety eight percent are knowns. And what I say, I have a way of saying it, they capture the ordinary objects in an extraordinary way because the camera is just a snapshot in time. Your eyes, however, are a continuous picture. It's always changing, right? And so when we have a camera, like an infrared camera attached to an aircraft, and they shoot some object in the sky, we're seeing an infrared object traveling uh, in the sky. We're not really sure uh, what it is uh, because infrared isn't how we see the world, all right? And so when we have something that looks like uh, an object traveling against the clouds and it's an infrared, uh, you know, dark object that looks like it's for, for, you know, giving off heat, well, that's sort of very exciting, right? You want to look at that, figure it out. Uh, but it's very important to understand the provenance that is where these things come from. And so that's, that's another thing that is incredibly important. Obviously, of late, Starlink has been a major uh, contributor to the sightings. Um, and so when we see things like that, we have to also educate people. Well, no, that's Starlink. We know that's Starlink, okay? <clears throat> and so watching uh, different events in space is actually really, really important. And so um, when the Falcon 9 launches, for instance, I get many, many, many 
videos from people showing this incredible launch plume. And they can look like spirals. They can look like fans coming out behind the rocket nozzle. And it just it just becomes something that is um, it, it's sort of mundane to me. But to them, they're very excited about catching something different for the first time. So it's really important when people see things that we do understand what they are, but they don't. It's very important not to to say, you know, dumb things like, well, that was just startling, you silly person. We would never do that. okay? because I think, uh, you know, you want to keep that excitement. I want people to stay looking up and looking and being excited, not get frustrated, understand a little bit at a time. So when they do see that thing, that's incredible that they will uh, enjoy it and say, wow, this was something really cool. And they'll know the difference. For listeners out there, Mark D'Antonio is our guest. As we segue to commercial break, I want to remind you guys, support this broadcast. Check out Ultra 12, a powerful B12 formula fueled by premium source B12. Make sure that you guys are getting your healthy dose of vitamins. Check out the InfoWars store. If you guys pick up some Ultra 12 and send me an email, show tips at therundownlive.com with a screenshot of your purchase, I will mail you a free t-shirt. No cost to you. Rundown Live shirt, XL, 2XL, large. Let me know your size. We'll take care of you. We'll be back after these messages from our sponsors. Finally, after close to a year, in early November, where I'm cutting this ad, we finally got one of our flagship products back in stock, Ultra 12, the highest quality vitamin B12 organic. You take it out of the tongue so you get better absorption into the body through your blood vessels and what it does to every system in your body is simply incredible. It's the natural, clean energy, focus, immune system, everything. And it's 40% off exclusively at InfoWarsStore.com. This has been rated as the best B12 in the country. It's available from a top lab that we private label it through at InfoWarsStore.com. Ultra 12, vitamin B12, taken sublingually, now back in stock at InfoWarsStore.com. Or you can call toll-free and order it as well, 888-253-3139. And Ultra 12 funds the InfoWar as well. InfoWars.com is tomorrow's news today. You're tuned in to the American Journal with your host, Kristan Harris. Mark D'Antonio is our guest. I'm Kristan T. Harris. You're listening to the American Journal. I am filling in for Harrison Smith, and we've been diving into this UAP phenomenon, UFO phenomenon. Mark D'Antonio is a top astronomer, chief video analyst for MUFON, who gets the most UFO reports and has the largest database in the world of UFO sightings. Not only that, NASA has contacted them about trying to access their database, and that's a whole other can of worms to dive into. But, uh, you know, you've worked on some top-secret programs, and I have to ask you, like, what's your experience with that? Like, as far as did it contribute to your UFO experience? Did you Have you seen UFOs personally? Um, 
I guess there's a couple of comments there, but I'm going to let you take this, Mark. Uh, there's a few things that have happened in my lifetime that I just can't explain. And uh, again, all that stuff keeps bringing me, gravitating me toward uh, the UFO phenomenon and the things that happen to uh, other types of people. So, for example, um, I was in my house sleeping and I woke up at 3.15 in the morning and I saw the clock, 3.15. Okay. Uh, and there was a knocking noise. It was like a. It was like, what's this? One, two, three. One, two, three. One, two, three. And it was going on and on, at the peak of the my of the roof over my head, you know. And it wouldn't stop. And I'm like, what the heck is that? So I went back to sleep, thinking it was a woodpecker that was brain dead because it was a vinyl sided house. <laughs> okay. The next night, same thing. Three fifteen a.m. And it's well, there's that noise again. What's going on? So this time, I got up out of the bed, and I went over to the window. And when I looked out the window. I got this flash of white light in my face. And so I froze. I was like, whoa, what was that? I was flash blinded, like someone set off a flash. There's a single family home, second floor of a Cape house. Okay, well, I uh, went back to bed and for some reason didn't think anything of it, which is odd. And then on the third night, okay, this time I woke up and I said, oh no, is it must be 3.15 a.m. again because that was the second night and the first night. But now I couldn't move my head, and I also couldn't move my eyes. I couldn't move my eyes. Now, I'm familiar with hypnopompic states and that, that whole um, meditation level that you go to. In fact, I use that. I enjoy it. I, I go there sometimes to zero out. And sometimes, uh, you know, the thing is uh, you're always in control of that. But in this particular case, I wasn't. Something else was controlling it, and I felt an external control. And in my peripheral vision, because I couldn't look over there, I saw something walk into the room, and I saw something approach me and move something underneath this sinus right here, this left side, okay? And it shoved something up there, and then boom, it was morning. And I was lying in a pool of my own blood on the pillow and couldn't breathe because I was literally submerged in some of my own blood. So apparently... There must have been a nosebleed or whatever just before I woke up, and it literally filled this little concavity, but I was face down, <clears throat> which is strange. So I got up after that extremely uh, terrifying event, and I did what anyone would do when they have something like that happen. I forgot about it, got dressed, took a shower, obviously, got dressed, and went to work. Okay. Now, wait, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it was perfectly sensible at the time to me. And it took me a couple of years to go to, to a, a surgeon to look up there. And he says, holy cow, you've got something huge up there. I go, really? Can we get it out? Yeah. And I said, well, you know, can these things um, that you're looking at, can they like seed around like a, a, a splinter that you might get if you're a machinist or something? Uh, which I wasn't, but. And he said, oh, yeah, sure, but let's, let's try and get it out. So he took it out, and it was this, this big thing that came out of that little tiny hole. And it was like Arnold Schwarzenegger in Total Recall. Like, you get it out and pull it out, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so it was really strange. Um, and so they took it out, and my first question was, can I have that? And he looked at me and said, well, no, not a good idea. I have to send it to pathology, and they have to um, do a test to make sure it's completely benign. And I went, oh, okay. Uh, so I ended up uh, waiting. He said, call me 
a week, so I waited for a week, and I called him. And I said, hey, can you uh, let me know what the deal is <clears throat> with this thing? And he said, to, uh, well, first I said, hi, it's Mark D'Antonio. And the lady in the phone, the, the receptionist said, oh, wait, the doctor has to talk to you. I'm like, oh, no, some kind of strange cancer. My head's going to fall off. So um, he gets on the phone and says, hey, you know, uh, just so you know, Mark, uh, it's or Mr. D'Antonio. He goes, um, I'm sure it's benign. Nothing to worry about. Oh, you didn't get the results yet, doc. Oh, no. Um, um, well, <clears throat> he goes, a lot of throat clearing. He goes, um, this is word for word. This is something that's never happened in 35 years of my practice. But the pathology team down in the pathology lab, they got the sample, but now they can't find it. It's missing. And I was like, oh. And I was beginning to, you know, the brain was going saying, okay, what's going on there? But instead, I just let it go. Uh, you know, and, and he said, so uh, it's benign. I said, oh, okay, well, thank you. And a few years later, I went back to him and found out uh, when I put that I do special projects for the Navy on my, my sheet, he came in and said, oh, you know, I just gave up my top secret clearance this year. I go, what? What are you operating on? Top secret nasal polyps? <laughs> and he laughed. He goes, no. It was strange, right? Well, anyway, uh, he had worked on another project um, that uh, looked like it was called Project Starfish. That's what I guess, because they said they sent a nuclear weapon up into space to see if it could affect an enemy satellite in a negative way, all right? And it was very successful. And Project Starfish was, in fact, uh, the project to send a nuclear weapon up into the ionosphere and just gauge the effects on the ionosphere. That's what they told public. But I think what it was was to see if it could, there you go, I think it was to uh, to see if it could damage a uh, satellite. So what you see, for instance, if you look it up on Wikipedia, is the public thing. Yet, uh, he, I said, doesn't that violate all the SALT treaties ever made? Uh, and he goes, well, that's why we cleared the Pacific for 1,600 miles in every direction. Oh, that made it okay. <laughs> you know? So right. it's pretty strange. Right? Right, Kristan? So <clears throat> anyway, so that's an example of something that happened. Um, there was that missing time. There was this thing. Uh, so it's it's actually pretty uh, pretty strange. I couldn't explain it. Uh, no one could explain it. So I'm uh, between a rock and a hard place as to why this happened. Well, you're probably like uh, questioning your sanity. You're questioning your psychology. Am I not, you know, am I not coherent? Am I not, you know, with it? Am I losing it? Am I going nuts? What's really going on here, as anyone would, especially somebody like you, and I kind of wanted to dive in maybe when we come back from commercial break here in just a few moments, uh, your involvement in some top secret programs, and then uh, in the final segment, dive into the KK Gravitons, and if you're kind enough, stick around for some callers for the third segment. That would be great, and I appreciate your time, Mark D'Antonio, uh, top astronomer, chief video analyst from the MUFON network, was the largest database of UFO sightings, so much so that NASA wants to access the database. Uh, well, you know, and I'm not saying NASA's a good thing either. A lot of people out there, I mean, NASA's cool, going to space is cool, you know, and you, you also have a show, you know, Sky Tour Live that airs where you guys 
explore the galaxies and you get a lot of great photographs off a of sky tour. Uh, fantastic stuff. And it's great to have somebody that's science minded and not somebody that's out there saying, oh, every UFO sighting is real. And I saw this and I saw that you're very objective. Uh, when you're looking at these uh, UFO sightings, you said almost 90% of them are not are explainable through natural occurrences or explainable through, you know, government occurrences. That's another question we, we can get into is how many of these are government experimental aircraft? Could this be governmental experiment aircraft? Are these, uh, you know, experiences people are seeing government based? All that and a whole bunch more. When we come back, you're listening to the American Journal. I'm Chris Don T.D. Harris. Don't go anywhere. person and I want to say that I'm just a man but I'm not just a man just like you no matter what color you are whether you're a man or a woman you were made by the creator of the universe who had a plan for you who has a destiny for you that's why the system hates you and fears you and that's why they hate me it's because the spirit I carry is one of justice and truth and courage and honor and will and love my friends the enemy's coming after me not because I'm a loser, but because I'm a winner. They're coming after you, not because you're a bad person, because you're a good person, because you love God and God loves you. And so I signed up for this. I signed up for this fight. And I'm not a victim. I'm an overcomer. But I can't fight this fight without you. And that's why I want you to always remember that I appreciate you and I thank you because InfoWars is your fight. InfoWars is your baby. It's the thing you built. We did this together. So God bless you all. Let's keep fighting. Please listen closely because this is life-changing critical information. The globalists are bombarding us with toxic chemicals hitting us in the air, the water, the food, the 5G, the poison shots, the shedding, the GMO, all of it. But God's given us compounds through nature that do incredible things in our body. And one of the most important, if not the most important, is vitamin B12. We've got the best organic vitamin B12 Ultra 12, a bestseller, finally back in stock after close to a year being sold out. You take it under the tongue for better absorption, and it's 40% off right now at InfoWarsStore.com. So go to InfoWarsStore.com right now. Get your Ultra 12 and other great products for 40% off. Some products are even more, and it keeps the show on the air. That is a 360 win. The only way you lose is not taking action. I thank you all for your support, being part of this fight. Now go to InfoWarsStore.com right now. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. You're listening to The American Journal. I'm your host, Tristan T. Harris, and our guest is Mark D'Antonio, chief and top astronomer. He has his own show called Sky Tour, where he travels to other galaxies using a crazy observatory that he's built amongst other things. Uh, Mark, you've worked on some government programs that are considered classified throughout the years. And I wanted to dive a little into that. Let's talk about that. How, how were you involved in some classified programs? Well, one of the things that I remember, you know, and this goes directly into the conflict you can have when you are 
the Mutual UFO Network's chief photo and video analyst, but you're also a Navy model maker and doing specific engineering prototype models. Okay, one of the problems with that is that you now have to walk two lines. You can't reveal if you know about a a, pro, uh, a program that's under wraps, but you also want to get answers for the UFO people because that's part of your that that's that's what you're made of that stuff you want to get the answers but you also have to follow this line so I'll give you an example of a problem that happened i ended up uh working on this project and uh it was a project where a particular vehicle would leave a missile tube come to the surface spread its wings a missile tube of a submarine by the way come to the surface spread its wings fly off the surface go do a reconnaissance mission come back land on the water close up its wings and sink back down into the missile tube and go home. Now, that sounds to me and others like the flying sub from Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea, which is a really cool uh, show in the 60s. Well, science fiction often becomes science fact. And uh, this was an example of a program that, that where that was exactly what happened. The difference was the flying sub in the show was manned by two people. And in this case, this object is unmanned. But, uh, so it's a UAV, right? Now, that UAV was a UAP to the people that watched it flying from the other end of the lake where this was being tested. And this one person said, wow, what's that? And he got in his car and drove down the long shoreline, like 10 or 12 miles to the other side. And he parked his car and started watching this thing being tested in the sky. And he took pictures. I got the pictures. And I looked at it and went, oh, my gosh, I know exactly what this is. Uh, oh, boy. And my first call was to the program office where this was originating from down in Washington, D.C. And I said, hey, you got a guy taking pictures of the birdie. Okay. And uh, this birdie is uh, going to eventually you know, get a lot of attention, and you're going to end up with this one guy going to get his friends, and you'll have not one, but 10, but 20, but 50, maybe 100 photographers taking pictures of what they think is a UFO. And if they actually see this and think it's a UFO, then uh, they're going to throw this out there, and it's going to get out there like you can't believe. <clears throat> so what do you want to do about it? And the response was, well, let them think it's a UFO. That works for us. And I said, actually, it won't. Now, this is where I'm trying to play the side for the UFO crowd and the people that I like to, um, you know, uh, be um, working with. And I said, eventually, one of these photographers will capture your birdie doing something you don't want them to know it can do. And I heard crickets on the other end of the line. And then the response was, uh, okay, well, we'll get you a statement. Uh, well, that way, yeah, just send me an email, me a statement. I'll distribute it to them, and I, I predict they'll all go home. So they sent me a statement that basically saying this is one of ours. And when they when the photographer when they did publish it and put it out there, the photographers all went home just like I predicted. And I mean, come on, we want to find something that's really cool, and if it's something that's ours. It's not as cool as if it's something that's theirs. <laughs> so uh, that was a part of the problem. So at some point uh, along the way, 
I was doing some uh, some work and I was invited to go on a, a submarine cruise. It was the most fun I had getting seasick, Kristan, uh, to be fair. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it really was. Now, on the surface, a submarine rocks and rolls, you know, we're doing this and all that. And But when it gets under the water, it feels like everybody feels now watching this broadcast, unless they're driving. Okay. Uh, this calmness, this stillness is what you feel underwater. A little vibration through your feet uh, as the uh, different temperature water passes you know, uh, by the submarine. Uh, but that's about it. And um, I, to overcome my seasickness, once we're under, I sat next to the sonar guy. There were four sonar stations. I sat to the second one from the right end. Okay? That'll be important, as you'll see. And then the right-hand one was the active one. So it was one guy doing uh, the sonar, and then next to him was me. Okay, Now, um, this uh, seat I was in was sort of off the main control room, so it was sort of like a little little cubby hole kind of place. And I was able to sit there and just start to take deep breaths and get my stomach back and start to, you know, say I'm not going to get sick on the captain's shoes. I'm supposed to have dinner with him later. I'm not going to get sick. And no, no, no. And you know, I was really under a lot of pressure not to get sick. So uh, I sat there, and as I was drifting off to sleep, the guy in the sonar jolts me awake, not because he's talking to me, but because he's calling the con, saying, con sonar, con sonar, fast mover, fast mover. And I was like, what? Now I'm jolted awake, thinking, oh, no, a torpedo. I'm going to die out here. Why did I agree to go on this trip? Oh, I'm going to die. I honestly thought it was a torpedo coming in. And uh, then the executive officer just sort of saunters around the corner and says, what do you got? And I'm thinking to myself, a little more urgency. Wait, there's a torpedo in the water coming toward us. And he, uh, he's, he, he just sort of waits calmly for the sonar guy. And the sonar guy gives him a bearing and a range, and he's facing away from me. I can't hear him because subs are not quiet on board, by the way. There's a lot of noise. Uh, there's machinery noise. There's air. You can hear air. Uh, you hear talking, um, and so the, the noise of the sub is sort of a constant din. So only if someone talks loud will you actually be able to hear them if they're facing away from you. That's generally what I, I discovered. <laughs> and so I didn't hear the bearing in the range, you know, the angle off the boat and how far away. But then the executive officer, the XO, said, well, how far, uh, uh, how fast is that moving? And this kid on the sonar puts his hands out like this to the side, Turns, faces the XO, and says, several hundred knots, sir. But loud. It was, several hundred knots, sir. And I had no idea that several hundred knots um, could exist underwater. It certainly can't. An object moving that fast just is, is not logical because there are all kinds of limitations to a, a physical object moving that fast underwater. And uh, later on, um, when we got back to shore, I was uh, blown away, and I was thinking, my gosh, I have, to, I have to research this unknown submerged object thing. And I started looking into it and saw that, wow, you know, there's a lot of this out there. And the Russians have been reporting them. Other navies have been reporting them. Individual submariners have been reporting them. I talked to other submariners that reported them and saw them on their sonars. This is a real phenomenon. So it was a few years later when I had to do a job for the Joint Chiefs, and I went down there to deliver my project, and I talked to one of the chiefs one-on-one. -on -one. And I was looking at him, and I said to him, 
sir. And, and in my mind, it was saying, don't ask, don't ask. Come on. It's a professional relationship. Don't, don't make them uncomfortable. Don't say it. But the words were already coming out. Sir, what can you tell me about the fast mover program? Ah, I couldn't believe I said that. Right. And uh, he could have said, um, you know, I don't know what you're talking about. You know, get out of here right. or something. But instead, but instead, he looked me right in the eye because we had a working relationship. And he goes, I'm sorry, Mark. I can't talk about that program. It's like, ah. He admitted it's happening. He admitted it's there, but he couldn't talk about it. So he said everything by saying nothing. And so what happened to me at that point was I realized this is real. And, and I realized and found out later the Navy is tasked with observing and reporting what they see. So far, these objects have not made any offensive moves toward us. So we're not going to do anything offensive. But they're there and they are real, man. Fascinating, Mark. When we come back from break, I want to dive into KK Gravitons. Uh, could this be government military programs to uh, <laughs> give false radar reads in order to pretend like we're coming in from the left instead of the right? There's, uh, you know, they have directed energy weapons that might be able to go on the radar, all these different things. When we come back from break, Mark D'Antonio, top astronomer, scientist, as well as uh, chief video analyst at MUFON will be joining us. We'll be back. Make sure you guys check out the InfoWars store. The satanic New World Order is betting against humanity. They're betting on our weakness. They believe they can destabilize civilization and bring us down into the ashes of history. But the trap they've laid for us will be their destruction, not ours. If we trust in God and if we are valiant and have courage to speak the truth and not comply and engage in civil disobedience and not join the masses who have decided that they are the scum of the earth, who have decided that they will join with this soulless corporate system. As for InfoWars, we are going to steadfastly continue to fight in the information war with our weapon, the truth, against the enemies of humanity. And we put our faith, and we put our trust, and we put our destiny in the hands of God. Because it's been said a trillion times, if God be with us, who can be against us? 